Hey wrestling fans, it's Sean from the Scumbags of Wrestling. It might not look like Christmas right now, but it is around the corner. And you won't want to miss out on this amazing deal. It's part of Sick Kids Hospital on behalf of Steve's Wrestling Journey. Right now, if you contact me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com, you'll get this amazing t-shirt designed by Nigel Lewis for just $30. And because it's Christmas, I'm going to throw in this stocking stuffer of a poster, 11 by 17 for free. Now you can still get this poster for $15, but you can get the whole combo for $30 right now until December 15th. So contact me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com and support Kids Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto and Steven's Wrestling Journey. Good evening, wrestling fans. It is Thursday night. It is uh, time for another edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. I thank you for joining us live, whether you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or on uh, Twitch. I almost said Twitter, but on Twitch. And uh, if you're listening to us later on, on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from, thank you. Please like and subscribe to us. More viewers, Pumps up our numbers. Hopefully, we get some sponsors other than just ourselves uh, doing our own promos and giveaways. But uh, yeah, you guys can help build the community by uh, liking and uh, sharing with your friends. Now, tonight uh, it's just myself along with uh, Jonesy in Niagara Falls. I'm going to bring him in a moment. I'm going to run down some news that's been happening this past week. We're going to look back at AEW's uh, pay per view the other day, uh, Full Gear, and look forward to the next pay-per-view from WDE being Survivor Series, and we'll wrap things up with Jonesy and the This Week in History that we always do and a trip down memory lane. But I'm going to first bring in Jonesy from Niagara Falls. He's settling into his chair, and how are you, Jonesy? I'm good. I just had to run and uh, move the router because I was starting to fade out, but I'm good now. That's a good thing. You know, we want to keep you in here as long as we can. So, yeah, uh, this week, just going to uh, look at some of the wrestling news. And if you have any uh, thing you want to add to uh, some of the uh, details that are coming up or your opinion, feel free to jump in and uh, supply. Uh, sure will. Deputy employees still want to go to work, actually, at the building in Stanford, Connecticut, uh, at the WD headquarters, Titan Towers. And currently, only Dana Bryan and Edge are uh, working from home, and at, uh, in Dana Bryan's case, at the Thunderdome. But they're part of the writing team. But the rest of the team wants to actually go into work as opposed to being allowed to stay at home, which uh, I guess they did have a sort of town hall meeting uh, with all the staff and said, hey, if you want, you can stay home. But they're wanting to still pressure on and push on and uh, go to work. Jake Roberts was uh, recently hospitalized with issues with uh, COPD. Um, that's probably why we haven't seen him at Daly's place in Florida recently. And it uh, doesn't help that the fact is he is a smoker and still doing that even with COPD and having COVID in the area. What is he doing? I don't know. All the work that DDP's done to help him 
uh, get his life straightened, and then you get stuff stupid like that. Uh, I'm just glad I got to meet him here in London uh, a couple of years ago and got his DVD signed. So it always amazes me every morning I wake up and, you know, there's not a uh, announcement that unfortunately Jake or uh, somebody like uh, even uh, Scott Hall have passed away. That's always somebody else that uh, gets announced. If they're going to do it, I say do it in the ring. Well, that's probably what it will end up happening with those two, uh, the way things go. Uh, WDs and talk with both uh, Nikki and Brie Bella to bring them back. Uh, they just recently get, both gave birth to uh, children, and there's a possibility that they want to come back. Um, they want to hold the tag team titles, but that's up in the air as well because Nikki Bella ended up retiring due to neck injuries, and I guess there was some issues, palpitations, or uh, polyps on her brain or something that was recently found. But I guess never say never, and uh, the Bella Twins could find their way back into a WWE ring and challenging for the women's tag team titles. And you know what? They should bring their kids down to the ring, and they can have special little seats that they put them in, right? And they watch the matches, and then, of course, eventually one of the kids will suffer a drop kick to the face or something. And then, holy shit. It could well, be one that you can involve multi-wrestlers in because then whoever did it, Brian Danielson would come down and give him shit. And then that person's husband would. And it would be great storyline. Yeah, but uh, the one that Nikki's hooked up with is just a uh, uh, ballroom dancer. So... I don't know about uh, how much he's going to be uh, useful. Bring back Fandango. <laughs> there we go. Well, he is over on NXT, so he's uh, doing his thing. Um, WWE announced that they are bringing back Tribute to the Troops uh, December 6th. It will be airing on Fox. Uh, last year, I guess they did do a Tribute to the Troops uh, show, but it didn't end up making it um, on air. I'm not sure if they had cameras there or not, but for whatever reason, uh, for first year in decades, uh, that it did not air. Uh, I know that was originally started by uh, JBL after 9-11 uh, and going to try and do like the Bob Hope sort of uh, tour that he used to do and just lift the morale of uh, troops. Uh, but they actually went into Saudi Arabia at that time and... Uh, Afghanistan and the original ones. But uh, yeah, it's going to happen on December 6th. But here's an odd one. Uh, it's only going to be about an hour and it's going to fit around the football games, depending on where your region is uh, when you're going to get it. So you might have a one o'clock football game. It'll happen after that. If you have a four o'clock football game, it'll happen at 3 uh, p.m. So Fox and WD juggling football and uh, wrestling all on the same Sunday. Uh, Paul Heyman uh, has a new role in WD. He announced uh, that he's going to be part of Talking Smack, and he'll now serve as a co-host beside Kayla to supposedly keep her in line. Uh, I guess storyline-wise as well, she's been saying negative things about uh, Roman Reigns and everything that he's doing and the family, so that's why Paul is going to be keeping her in line and being the co-host of 
uh, talking smack. Paige and her boyfriend recently had a close call, and police had to be uh, called in because a stalker ended up invading their home. Uh, this is seems to be a stupid uh, ongoing thing uh, in the wrestling world where these guys are just getting too obsessed and going after them. Uh, we saw that uh, that happened with Sonya Deville uh, this summer, and that's why she is off WWE TV. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be a hair versus hair match, and now it was a career-ending match, so she can do the legal issues with the person who broke into her house and was stalking her. So all I know is these guys need to really give their heads straight and figure out the fact that, you know, unless you know them, stay away. You know, only see them at different appearances or in casual bump in, not to go after them and stalk them. Like that's usually. But unfortunately, some people um, go a little. Um, uh, I, I, I mean, the easy word "crazy" is there, but uh, it doesn't mean they're quite crazy. But uh, an obsession or whatever. Some of them, unfortunately that that's what they're going to do but hopefully it's it's more your normal stalking and whatnot not ones that ends up with a plan to do any harm or anything so yeah that, uh, that is the risk of being any type of celebrity unfortunately yeah regardless of uh being a wrestler or uh actor singer yeah it's the downside to it uh page also was in the news this week uh because she came out uh, about the abuse that she suffered at the hands of uh, former boyfriend, fiance, whatever uh, they, their actual status was, Alberto Del Rio. He, uh, he's claiming, though, it was the opposite uh, way around, and she was the aggressor in their relationship. But she's mentioned about being locked up for like six to seven hours and being uh, smacked around or something like that. I, I don't know. It's on a uh, podcast, uh, GAW. Um, grown-ass women, and she was talking about uh, everything that was going on with there. But honestly, it doesn't come as a surprise that Del Rio was doing something extreme with her. Uh, just the car wreck of their relationship that was out in public was bad enough. But then to hear what he's facing uh, charges with January 25th in Texas uh, with kidnapping a woman and holding her, uh, hostage for a long while and I guess sexual acts were involved and abuse that way and so if he's found guilty he could serve life imprisonment in uh, Texas and so we'll have to wait and see what happens January 25th uh, with him and hopefully it's not like some of the other legal uh, issues that happen where it just keeps on getting put off and put off month after month and this guy keeps on roaming free uh, Tony, Tony Chimmel was released this week as another round of uh, WD cuts, but in this case, like he's been around for 31 years. I believe he yeah, got there in uh, 89 and was doing ring crew. Eventually was the voice of SmackDown replaced by Justin Roberts, but was doing other things backstage. Most people remember him for how he introduced edge and, in the last while, he was part of the road crew and doing announcing when SmackDown was on the road and 
stuff involved with that, but of course, with nobody on the road, there's no need for his job. So unfortunately, Tony Chimmel has been let go, uh, whether it's just a furlough sort of uh, situation or totally gone. I'm not uh, totally sure if people are mixing those things up, but he had a long career, so that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Looks like Nia Jax struck again as Mandy Rose uh, might have been another victim of uh, Nia Jax's sloppiness. This past Monday, there was a brawl after the Nia Jax-Oscar match, and Nia threw Mandy, and she landed on her uh, shoulder and quickly grabbed for it. Referees got there and uh, quickly got her attention uh, medically too. And now it's up in the air whether or not she's actually going to be a part of Survivor Series happening a week from this Sunday. Uh, they're supposed to be on the same team. And this is the problem when you have somebody as reckless as Nia Jax seems to be, whether it's her doing it or people not taking the fall properly, it's could be either way. Uh, it was two years ago that Nia Jax ended up uh, popping Becky Lynch in the face and busting her uh, face open, giving her a concussion that she doesn't remember what happened, but she was bleeding from her nose uh, did the pose after up top, and that was the birth of the man. So there was one good thing that came out of Nia Jax's uh, recklessness or greenness, however you want to look at it. So just only hope that the uh, same thing doesn't happen with Mandy Rose. But once again, as I was going to say, that's the problem when teammates are facing each other instead of looking towards what's supposed to happen at Survivor Series. It's been a really bad setup, and I'll talk about that in just a couple minutes. So is Nia Jax kind of like the Mark Henry of uh, of wrestling? That he, you know, earlier in their career, they kind of injured a lot of people? Yeah, there's been a lot of talk that she's heard a lot of people, including Carrie Zane, uh, other women along the way, and it's just, yeah, she's needs to pay attention more, I think. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'll get to that in just a little bit, Chad, uh, when I talk about AEW. Uh, speaking of Survivor Series, it will mark exactly 30 years to the day that The Undertaker debuted in WWE. Uh, he was originally brought out by Brother Love uh, as his manager when Ted DiBiase added him to their team against Dusty Rhodes' team. And... November 22nd was the date of that in 1990, and December, I mean, November 22nd, I think I said December a moment ago, but uh, November 22nd of 2020 will be this year's Survivor Series, and they're going to do a tribute to Undertaker. Uh, apparently, Savio Vega, one of the BSK members, is going to be uh, part of that honoring of Undertaker, so I'm not sure how they're going to do it. If it's going to be breaking up the middle of a show just to do it, or they'll wait to the end of the show. But yeah, they're going to do a tribute. And it's supposed to be his last ride, but you never know with the way Vince McMahon likes to keep on bringing him back. And Undertaker just can't say no to Vince. Uh, to me, this is a big hoop de doo who gives a big rat crap only to the to reason of. Until you put him in the Hall of Fame, nothing like you've already celebrated him. You got the like 
Stop it. Yeah, it's almost though this should be his individual induction into the Hall of Fame, like Andre was a solo inductee yeah. uh, when it was done. If they do it in that regard, then I'm down with that. Right? It's great to celebrate people, but as you said, they did that sort of with Ric Flair. They put him in the uh, Hall of Fame the one night. He lost his career to Shawn Michaels the next day, and then on Monday Night Raw, they had a big celebration for him. And this seems to be almost backwards of on for Undertaker. They're doing a celebration mm. where he almost I mean, only did a retirement note or sort of talk at the end of his documentary, going, I'm done. You know, mm. that wasn't an official ending. You know, his match with AJ wasn't him actually saying I'm retired, this is the last thing. It took a documentary for that to happen. Now they're celebrating him and not putting him in the Hall of Fame. So hopefully it's all the same thing, basically, in a solo induction because at the same time they missed uh, doing Hall of Fame this year. Because and and they're, they're missing one thing, too, here that, you know, uh, you think that the gobbledygooker will be there because it's also the 30th anniversary of him. That would be interesting. You know, they both... 30th anniversary, uh, he thought he was going to be uh, popping out of the egg originally until they showed him the drawings of uh, the uh, Undertaker uh, get up and uh, their direction for him. But up until that time, he thought he was coming out of that egg as the gobbledygooker. Uh, Chad, uh, that is a good question. Will he ever retire? He might be one of those guys who last breathes in the ring. I would like to see him either every year he's going to be at Survivor Series or in the Rumble. I think those are the matches, the Survivor Series style matches or the Rumble matches. That's where you you bring in. In fact, Royal Rumble. Why? You know what? They should have an old person Royal Rumble there. If you're over the age of 40 or something, there you go. And then you get a shot at the belt. There we go. Uh, Undertaker is also going to be appearing on Steve Austin's Broken Skull Sessions on November 22nd, but I'm not sure if it's going to be a new uh, edition of the Broken Skull Sessions or if it's just going to be a replay of the one that they did recently. Uh, so, because the commercial even showed almost it being the one that they did beforehand, it didn't look like a new episode. Ray Mysterio and Dominic uh, Mysterio uh, were recently on an episode of Lillian Garcia's uh, Chasing Glory podcast. Ray spoke about uh, retiring in about five years. He said that he's uh, currently 45 and feels uh, he could physically be at his best right now. And he thanks that all to stem cell therapy, CBD, and uh, mm. hyperbolic uh, and cryo uh, chambers. Plus, he feels that uh, he has some longevity left to his career, and Ray envisions finishing his career in the WWE. So anybody who is hoping Ray is going to ever go to the AEW, don't hold your breath. He just signed a three-year deal. He'll be 47 by that time, or 48 by that time, and uh, he wants to at least go to 50. Uh, at the very latest, so that's not much time for anything in AEW. Plus, 
with the success that his family seems to be having, Vince is really impressed with his 19-year-old daughter, Aaliyah, and the storyline that they're putting in with uh, her with Murphy and Seth Rollins. Plus, he's really uh, happy with what's going on with Dominic. And you can see Dominic and Ray maybe teaming together and going after the tag team titles eventually. So have a father-son uh, deal there. But I don't see the Mysterios going anywhere anytime soon. Wow, that was uh, so long mean, therapy you said that uh, he's going through. Like cryogenic, uh, um, hyperbolic, chamber therapy. Yeah, well, that's what's uh, been uh, making people uh, like Daniel Bryan and Edge uh, have longer careers as well. They're doing uh, that same sort of thing, and it's doing wonders for uh, the uh, making allowing athletes, for that matter, not just WWE superstars, uh, to have longer careers. Shouldn't we stick Stone Cold in there? Maybe. Mr. <laughs> uh, Bionic. Uh, so WD will uh, need to find a new home as the Amway Center is uh, need uh, after December 5th. Uh, there's talk that WD moving to Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Florida, but they're also looking in, uh, I think, somewhere in Texas or uh, Illinois as other uh, states they, they could uh, bring the Thunderdome to instead. But uh, Tropicana Field is a baseball field that could be uh, big enough to hold the Thunderdome along with uh, their screens and maybe even uh, pockets of fans like Daly's Place does in uh, Jacksonville uh, with what AEW is doing. Are they still doing that? Because the last episode of Dark, there was nobody there. No, that might have been maybe before they brought in uh, people, but last night they had uh, pockets of people uh, up in the stands. But they're up in the upper level. They're not down below. Down below on the floor is for the talent to uh, do their thing. Oh, yeah. You can still still see them, though. They'll get a few pictures of them, but this week it was like dark as shit up there. So I assume maybe they didn't have them. But anyways. Yeah, you never know. Uh, so, yeah, I know uh, Vince McMahon is looking also to get uh, people uh, live for the Royal Rumble at the very uh, latest and uh, at least make uh, the Rumble special. Uh, no way Jose could be on his way back. There's talk about uh, bringing back uh, some of the guys who were let go in April, and no way Jose seems to be one of the guys who has not been picked up by anybody. Uh, and they just recently did a uh, trademark for The Way, and uh, it could be a sign of him uh, re-signing and having a little bit uh, tweaked character. Uh, if it's true, uh, not sure where he'd go. Probably NXT because he had most success there as opposed to when he got brought up to Raw, which he just did the uh, Adam Rose conga line thing. And it's kind of bad just recycling somebody else's gimmick uh, to do that. Uh, On Tuesday, AEW announced uh, AEW Games, and they're having a deal with Ukes, who are the same people who did uh, WWF No Mercy, 
did the uh, SmackDown series, the Raw versus SmackDown series of video games. And this will include a console game that they're going to have. And they're also going to have two mobile games, one being AEW Casino, uh, Double or Nothing, and AEW All Elite GM. So a couple games coming uh, very soon out of AEW. AEW Dark had the sons of uh, Devon Dudley on it, uh, Terrence and Terrell uh, Hughes. Uh, they're known as TNT and had their debut match uh, this past week. They lost to Chaos uh, Project and previously appeared years ago on Impact when Devon was working there. You said uh, before we went on the air that you uh, saw Dark. What were your impressions this week? Uh I really enjoyed the last two episodes of Dark. Um, I thought the the wrestling was pretty good. Uh, even the I, I I think the newest episode the um, uh, the referee actually called something that made sense. That really that that the first match, which I believe was the one with. Um, Yvonne's boys there. Uh, it was a good match. Uh, they they were they were okay. They didn't like impress me, but they looked like they belong there. Uh, the team they were going against, I thought did was really good. I thought it was a great match. Um, but yeah, I recommend watching Dark. Uh, they don't do a lot of storyline stuff on there. It's pretty much just match, match, match. They'll talk about storylines a bit, but. And if you really enjoy commentating, uh, I think uh, Taz and um, Excalibur, they're like shaping up to me my favorite uh, um, commentating team. Excalibur is amazing uh, with with calling the action and all that. And Taz is just great at telling it like it is. Some of the stuff he says, he's like, he's actually kind of calling out some of the um, things that are going in the ring that, oh, no, he didn't get that right. And they're both, like, critiquing them, but also kind of covering up for mistakes in that. So um, I, I actually I enjoy Dark. There we go. Uh, Cody Rhodes told Bleacher Report that he has political aspirations um, after his in-ring career is over. He's currently 35 years old and plans to only wrestle five more years uh, till he's 40, obviously. And at that point, he's looking to transition into politics and run for Senate in the state of Georgia. So who knows if that'll be uh, possible. It's But at the same time, he definitely wouldn't be going by Cody Rhodes, even though he now has legal use of that name. But if he's going political, he'd be probably doing uh, Cody Runnels. So, all the best to Cody if it uh, works out for him. We've seen other uh, wrestlers uh, do the political uh, thing before, whether it's Jesse Ventura, currently uh, Glenn Jacobs, uh, mayor of Knox County. So, different levels, you never know. And, well, we saw WWE Hall of Famer be the president. So, <laughs> anything is possible in this world. Uh, looking yeah, at... Looking at AEW's full gear uh, happened this past uh, Saturday. Serena Deeb and 
Allison K were on the buy-in show. Serena Deeb is the current NWA Women's Champion, and she ended up defeating Allison K in a better women's match, as we predicted, than the actual women's match that was on the pay-per-view. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page started off the show, and Kenny Omega ended up winning the uh, Eliminator Tournament by finally getting the one-wing angel on Hangman Page. And he will now challenge the winner of the world title match that was happening at the end of the show involving Moxley and Eddie Kingston. The third uh, match, or second one on the pay-per-view, saw Orange Cassidy and John Silver. Orange Cassidy picked up the victory. Silver tried uh, to just, it was basically comedy. Uh, I guess good thing Steven isn't here or he'd just be blowing his mind on it. Uh John Silver ended up ripping out Cassidy's pockets, but it still didn't stop him. And yeah, it was just a nothing match comedy to bring you back down from the Omega page uh, match that happened. Then the TNT uh, championship was on the line as Darby Allen actually defeated Cody Rhodes. Uh, Cody brought out all the Nightmare family and Arn Anderson stayed behind. And then they got attacked by Taz and his guys. And for whatever reason, the Nightmare Family didn't even come out to uh, rescue them. Like, why even bother coming out in the first place if you're not going to rescue your guy when uh, both Brian Cage and uh, I can't think of his name at the moment uh, ended up uh, destroying Darby and Cody. That just makes sense. Ricky Starks is uh, the guy's name. That's with uh, Team Taz. Hikaru Shida defeated Nyla Rose. You had this 120-pound woman uh, suplexing uh, Nyla Rose, who's twice her size, off the top rope, and then picked her up on a two-count for no apparent reason. It wasn't the finish of the match. They did some knee strikes and everything, and Nyla still lost, only because Vicky tried to trip uh, Sheeta, and she missed, but Sheeta played it up still. And then afterwards... Uh, Nyla and Vicky Guerrero got into it. Unfortunately, the volume was up too high uh, with the mics on the ring, and you could hear Nyla Rose telling Vicky to slap her. <laughs> Afterwards, uh, actually, I should say on the buy-in, uh, oh, shit. Uh, there was a... Uh, confrontation between Serena Deeb uh, and the former champion uh, wanting the title back. Anyways, uh, the dream match tag team of FTR taking on the Young Bucks uh, finally happened, and the whole setup was horrible uh, leading into it. FTR even uh, complained about it as well, and then they started off uh, the match looking like FTR were the faces, Tully Blanchard was even to be there, and then all of a sudden the roles reversed, and the Young Bucks were the faces, uh, and FTR were the heels. For no flips, only fists, that totally ended with uh, a flip from FTR, which failed. And after a year of not being uh, champions, the Young Bucks are now the new AEW Tag Team Champions, even though Matt Jackson is also injured. We saw then Matt Hardy uh, take on Sammy Guevara in an uh, elite deletion match 
at the Hurdy Compound. Uh, Gangrel was there. Shane Helms uh, showed up. So I'm guessing he's fully done with WWE, even though he'd been furloughed. I was surprised to see him uh, there. They picked up the storyline from when WWE did a uh, deletion-type situation and Helms disappeared, and so they were doing continuous story there. But in the end, Matt Hardy picked up the victory over Sammy Guevara. MJF with Wardlow defeated Chris Jericho by out-healing Chris Jericho, basically, in this match of two heels against each other. And MJF and Wardlow are now members of the inner circle, which obviously I knew that was going to happen. And we're going to see uh, MJF work from the inside to weaken Chris Jericho, get the other victory, but this is also going to ultimately turn Chris Jericho face. And the main event saw John Moxley defeating Eddie Kingston to retain the AEW Championship in an I Quit match. Uh, They had a really good uh, lead-up last Wednesday on uh, Dynamite to uh, go to the show, but it was just a plunder match, uh, really. Uh, After it all ended, then Kenny Omega came out and basically congratulated Moxley uh, sarcastically, and AEW has announced that December 2nd, they're going to go against each other uh, for the title. And then not a lot of other things happened last night of really interest. They inducted uh, MJF and Wardlow into the inner circle. MJF uh, sent Guevara on a wild goose chase to the beach with emails. So he wasn't there for the induction and came back and was angry. But they're all going to Vegas next week, thanks to MJF buying them tickets to Vegas. So that's going to be their Vegas. That's going to be their adventure with the inner circle and MJF next week on AEW. Hope they do another big song and dance number. Yeah, another one. Maybe Jake Hager will have feathers like a uh, uh, showgirl. One can only dream. Yeah. But, yeah, and then next week there's also going to be Cody and Darby against uh, Ricky Starks and Brian Cage and a bunch of other matches. Uh, Pac ended up returning. Uh, The main event saw the Lucha Brothers go against each other, ripping each other's masks almost fully off, and you could almost see their faces. And so they were trying to still do the match and keep their mask on. Eddie Kingston got in afterwards uh, after Penta picked up the victory, and that's when uh, Pac showed back up. Not surprised by this because Pac was with uh, the Lucha Brothers before he had to stay in England. It's just predictable, and Pac is going to go against the Blade next week as well. Uh, Over on NXT, they had a shock of basically a jobber uh, beating Johnny Gargano for the North American title in Johnny's uh, first title defense. He is actually worse than uh, Sasha Banks in not being able to hold the title because they always lose on both of them do on their first title defense. Sasha broke that curse this past week when she defeated Bailey to retain, but no such luck for Gargano. 
And next week, Rhea Ripley is going to go after Io Shirai for the women's title. And Finn Balor is supposed to be back. Over with Raw and SmackDown, they're leading to Survivor Series. And currently, the men's team for Raw consists of AJ Styles, Keith Lee, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Riddle just got added this past Monday. And they all got stupid nicknames. SmackDown side has Kevin Owens, Jay Uso, King Corbin, Seth Rollins, and a fifth spot yet to be determined probably uh, tomorrow night on SmackDown. Team Raw for the women have Nia Jax, Shannon Baszler, Mandy Rose, which is in question now, Dana Brooke, and Lana. And she went through now her eighth table thanks to Nia Jax. Team uh, SmackDown just has Ruby Riot and Bianca Belair with members to be determined, hopefully, filling out this week. Bobby Lashley is going to go against uh, the U.S. champion. Bobby Lashley is going to go against the Intercontinental champion, Sami Zayn. The New Day, if they retain their titles next week on Raw, are going to go against the Street Profits, who are the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Asuka, the Raw Women's Champion, is going against the SmackDown Women's Champion, Sasha Banks. And if Randy Orton retains his title against Drew McIntyre this Monday on Raw, he'll be facing off against the Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, who will have Paul Heyman in his corner. And so those are the six matches happening on Survivor Series November 22nd, along with the tribute to Undertaker. Thoughts on uh, that uh, going forward, Chris? Championship versus champions? Brand uh, do you do you think the Undertaker might uh, take that uh, uh, fifth spot on SmackDown side? He represented I, SmackDown for 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 many years. Yeah, anything's possible. Didn't think of that one. So I think I I would say the longer it like if that match is the later it goes into the night. I would I would think they would do that almost as the last match or the second last match. Yeah. It could be the last match. Wouldn't happen. I don't think it it would be him that would fill that spot, but yeah, there's absolutely no heat between any of these matches for brand supremacy. Uh, it's a train wreck this year, unfortunately. It just seems really odd. And so that's what's going on in the world of the pros. I'm going to just uh, put up a commercial here for a moment to uh, get my thoughts back and also uh, a drink. And we'll uh, talk about the Canadian Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame happening with voting this month.
So there you have it, the uh, two videos for the eight categories of the Canadian Wrestling uh, Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame for, presented by CWN. You can vote right now for all the categories by going over to cwnonline.ca, and you can find your uh, way through there to get to the voting. Uh, voting goes until December 1st, so that's when it'll be closed. Actually, November 30th we'll close it. And you have uh, the different categories like the sharpshooter and the siren. They're uh, representing a lot of the indie uh, wrestlers that hopefully will have a impact in the main scene down the road. There's the honor award uh, representing people like managers, promoters, referees, uh, trainers who had an impact on the business that are Canadian. MMA. Uh, We'd like to uh, make sure they're represented. There's a lot of Canadian content there. CWN is uh, dedicated to uh, looking at all aspects of uh, professional wrestling and mixed martial arts. And so there is a category there. Then there's also the legend. People who uh, were impactful of the business before 1980. The male category, people who were involved with wrestling after 1980. Same with the female category. And then there's the tag teams. Uh, so all three uh, divisions will be represented, male, women, and tag teams, along with legends, sharpshooters, sirens, honor, and MMA. And a ninth award, uh, which will give more details on the day of the uh, presentation, which will be January 18th. It is the uh, 12th anniversary of CWN. I was part of the uh, building of it with Chris Maloney and Ed Simon when it was first thought of and getting people involved. And this is a way of giving back to the wrestling world and honoring those who have paved the way for the next generation. Jonesy, quickly, your thoughts on the Hall of Fame. Have you had a chance to vote yet? No, I'm I'm still contemplating. Um, but uh, you know what? I think Bertha Fay Bertha Fay is gonna have that um, wrapped up. I think she uh, she's something else because she had a career before Bertha Fay, of course, that was like uh, phenomenal. Um, so I, I implore people to you know give her a chance. I know they might laugh and see her, but uh, yeah, she she she's she's a good name. Chris Maloney is chiming in, and apparently GSP is leading with a 79.2% uh, in the voting for the MMA. But how's Bertha doing? Well, we'll see if he uh, catches that uh, question. Uh, we'll see what Rhonda Singh is doing uh, along the way. And uh, a couple of things from the uh, Ontario indie scene. Uh, the first one is that Hybrid Championship Wrestling announced just the other day on November 10th that they are excited to announce that they've signed a deal with Amazon Prime to feature 12 events, and filming of the events will begin when it's safe to do so. So there's a Canadian uh, product making it to a thing like Amazon Prime, which is awesome. Uh, hopefully there's more that can end up eventually doing that, but... Yeah, congratulations to Hybrid Championship Wrestling. Now, the other thing that I'm going to share in this case involves... Uh, what is it? Hold on. I'm going to 
Go Hard Pro. Uh, Holden Albright has been uh, doing an indie uh, go-go and raising funds to make this happen. And I'm going to just uh, play the video that he posted the other day, earlier today about it. wrestling fans i am holding all right or brendan caulfield whatever you know me as and i'd like to personally thank you for all the support financially or just spiritually and sharing this project because our production literally starts this weekend and to begin production we kind of need a ring we kind of need a venue but i did say this is a collaborational effort between a lot of people in ontario and i'd like to welcome my first two partners guys uh brendan all right what's up thank you for having us here and we're glad to be partnering in this campaign uh this is ac this is dave we represent the ontario performance center and uh we want to have our facility be a part of the go hard pro campaign and events and we're here for you and the ontario indie wrestling So there you go. GoPro Hard is uh, going to be coming with a, a Go Hard Pro. Uh, sorry, reversed a couple of names there. Uh, they're going to be uh, doing a show on Christmas Eve, thanks to the people who uh, ended up uh, donating on their Indiegogo. Uh, the Ontario Performance Center is also known as Battle Arts Academy after uh, Santina Morella or Anthony Corelli ended up uh, selling it off. Uh, they ended up buying it. Uh, HWF did. And they are, as you see, on board with Go Hard uh, Pro. And we'll have to wait and see what other announcements come about it. And who else is going to be a partner with Holden and Albright. And what talent is going to be a part of this show. Um, looks like they raised enough at least for... Uh, I think it said an hour to 90 minutes uh, potentially of a show. And uh, yeah, good thing to uh, start off with. Uh, Chris Maloney did answer your question, uh, Jonesy, with Rhonda Singh only has 10% of the vote. So, hey, you know what? If you can start a campaign to support Rhonda and get uh, her some votes, then. Maybe she'll pull up the nose and uh, get in there. But, uh, yeah, 10% so far. You got until uh, the end of this month to uh, put in your votes for all the categories. As I said, legend, male, female, tag, sharpshooter, siren, honor, and MMA. Um, looking forward to being a part of this, uh, where it goes from here. As I said, January 18th will be the actual uh, broadcast uh, doing an honoring of these uh, wonderful talents and uh, hopefully we have many years of this to go with other inductees over the years being brought in and maybe Rhonda will make it eventually but that is uh, what's going on right now independent wrestling uh, hopefully it gets back but at the same time numbers are going up with COVID uh, really bad throughout Ontario. So 
hopefully things still are good for Go Hard Pro and uh, they're able to do their uh, show uh, without any restrictions. This is the time when I now get to turn over everything to Jonesy and we get to take a trip down memory lane. I'm going to get your stuff set up and that's this week in history presented by Jonesy. All right. So we're going to start with November 6th. We're going to go right to the 12th, I believe. So 26 years ago, AAA Puerto Rico's IWC and WCW presented When Worlds Collide from the Los Angeles Sports Arena in Los Angeles. This event was voted second best card in 94 by Wrestling Observer, uh, Observer readers. On the bill was Eddie Guerrero, Tito Santana, Psychosis, Heavy Metal, Rey Mysterio Jr., The Pegasus Kid, Conan, Two Cold Scorpio, and La Parca. The main, the main event was commentated by Chris Cruz in the debut of Mike Tenay on American Pay-Per-View. 20 years ago on Raw's War, Bull Buchanan and the godfather of Right to Censor defeated the Hardy Boys to win the WWF Tag Team Championship and also the debut of Molly Holly. 14 years ago, on Raw from Columbus, Ohio, Johnny Nitro defeated Jeff Hardy in a no-DQ match to win the WWE IC Championship. There he is there. Also on the show, rapper-dancer Kevin Federline challenged John Zena to win him uh, to a match on the New Year's Day 2007 Raw. Uh, this was one night after Frederline cost Xena the World Heavyweight Championship at Cyber Sunday. The bastard. 17 years ago, today, Mike Lockwood, best known to wrestling fans as the Houdini of hardcore, uh, Crash Holly passed away in his friend Stevie Richards' home in Navir, Florida. He was just 32. It's a happy 77th birthday for the original World's Strongest Man, Kenneth Wayne Patera. Ken Patera competed in football, wrestling, and track in his younger days. Uh, he won uh, the gold medal in shot put at the 67 Pan American Games. From 1969 to 1972, Patera would become one of the world's preeminent weightlifters. Uh, he won four consecutive national weightlifting championships during that span, cleaned up at the 1971 Pan American Games, including a gold medal in the weightlifting total, and finished second in the world weightlifting championships in 1971. In 1972, he became the first American to clean and jerk over 500 pounds, and the only American to clean and press 500 pounds, and would come in third in the first World's Strongest Man competition. What is jerking and weightlifting, you ask? The clean and jerk is a two-part lift. After lifting the barbell to the shoulders, the lifter jerks it overhead to arm's length with no restrictions on the time necessary to complete the lift or on leg movements. Uh, Patera transitioned to wrestling in 1973. He began in AWA feuding with Johnny Valentine. Uh, Patera wrestled mainly as a heel for most of the late 70s and early 80s for all three major promotions, WWF, NWA, and AWA. Patera is three times divorced and has two daughters, now 39 and 36. 
I noticed, unfortunately, with all these uh, accolades that you mentioned, you missed the fact that he uh, went to jail for throwing a rock through the window of McDonald's. I did. I did not see that in the write-up that I stole, and I altered and edited all myself. Um, really? Wow. Then we'll have to make sure we add that uh, for uh, uh, next time uh, this date rolls around. So we're going to move on to November seventh. Uh, 37 years ago in Amagasi, Japan, Harley Race defeated Giant Baba to regain the NWA World Heavyweight Championship he'd lost a week earlier to Baba in Nagoya. 35 years ago today, WWF presented the Wrestling Classic. Uh, this was the first WWF show available through pay-per-view only. Uh, and this is actually one of the very first wrestling VHSs that I rented from, I can't remember the place right now, but it's London and National Video, that's it, um, on uh, Highbury. Anyways, uh, the show feature was a 16 elimination tournament, which saw JYD defeat Randy Savage in the finals. 26 years ago, today on Raw, an emotional Vince McMahon on commentary announced that Macho Man Randy Savage had left the WWF to wrestle for those rebel scum in WCW. Five years ago, New Japan Pro Wrestling presented Power Struggle from a gymnasium in Osaka, Japan. On the card saw Jushin Thunder Liger, David Finley, Jay White, Kenny Omega, Matt and Nick Jackson, AJ Styles, Matt Seidel, Ricochet, Tomorohiro Ishii, uh, Katsuriya Shibata, Kashukika Okada, oh man, that's just fun, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, yeah, it would have been a happy 63rd birthday to Christopher Allen Pallies, best known to wrestling fans as King Kong Bundy, and yes, the TV show Bundy's last name was named from King Kong Bundy. Now moving to November 8th. 45 years ago, Nick Bockwinkle defeated Vern Gagne to win the AWA World Heavyweight Championship. This would mark then end uh, of a 2,625-day reign. 45 years ago, Tony Correa and Rick Martel defeated the Wild Samoans, Afa and Sika, to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. After the match, Afa and Sika both ate raw fish. 21 years ago today on Nitro, Scott Hall outdrank and defeated Bret Hart, Sid Vicious, and Goldberg in a ladder match to win the WCW U.S. belt. 15 years ago today at a SmackDown taping, Eddie Guerrero defeated Ken uh, Kennedy. Ken Kennedy. Mr. Kennedy? That's probably Mr. Kennedy. Anyways. Uh, via DQ. <laughs> Ken Kenny. That's awesome. Uh, this would be Guerrero's last televised match. Uh, FYI, four years later, Kennedy would be the last opponent for Umanga. And from now on, when I say Kennedy. Kennedy. Thank you. And 12 years ago today, tickets went on sale for WrestleMania 25, which sold 4.8 million in ticket sales in one day. More tickets did come available on its way to a 6.9 million at the gate. It's a happy 33rd birthday to the Rainmaker, Kazuchi. 
Chika Okada. I'm really bad at butchering his name. I got it. I've never heard his first name actually how it's supposed to be pronounced. I'm gonna have to, yeah. Okazoka Okada. I know Okada. That's easy. It's the first part. That's Howie. Um, anyways, that guy, he was trained by Ultimo Dragon, made his debut at age 16 in Mexico until 2007. He mostly wrestled in the U.S. and Canada. In 2007, Okada returned to Japan and trained at the New Japan Dojo. In 2008, after an eight-month injury, he would become a breakout star for New Japan. But in 2010, he would uh, be sent to TNA and released in 2011. In January of 2012, he would become the Rainmaker and win the IWGP heavyweight belt and would go on to win many tournaments in more belts. In 2016, Okada was ranked the number two singles wrestler in the world by Pro Wrestling Illustrated in their annual PWI 500. Shall we move on to November 9th? We shall. Which Sorry? Carry on, I'll uh, add in something for November 9th. Oh, absolutely. 64 years ago, Luthez defeated Whipper Bill Watson to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. 45 years ago, Terry Funk defeated Paul Jones to win the NWA United States Heavyweight Championship. The championship was vacated following an October 4th flare plane crash that injured then-United States champion John Lee Valentine. 21 years ago, at a SmackDown taping, Arnold Schwarzenegger guest starred uh, to promote his new movie, End of Days, and was involved in the main event, interfering in and punching Triple H. It's so funny how Arnold Schwarzenegger looks so small compared to Triple H. That was so cute. Um, 11 years ago, Gabe Spalewski, Davey Richards, and Sal Hamio announced the launch of Evolve Wrestling. And it's a happy 61st birthday to Joseph Nicholas Patrick Hamilton Jr., but he is best known to wrestling fans as Nick Patrick. Uh, born in Lakeland, Florida, Hamilton is the son of wrestling legend Jody Hamilton, a.k.a. The Assassin. Hamilton was injured early in his wrestling career, so he switched to refereeing. He took on the name Nick Patrick, his two middle names, so he could make a name for himself without his father's help. Nick began refereeing from Georgia Championship Wrestling in 1980, moved on to the JCP, and remained, remained there for its transition to WCW. He was a member of the NWO and remained with WCW to its end as the head official. WWE picked up Patrick along with Charles Robinson and Billy Silverman. Patrick would become the senior referee on SmackDown from 2002 till February 2007 when he left for, for Florida Championship Wrestling. He would return to WWE for a bit but left again due to a chronic back injury. Patrick would work for Rampage Pro Wrestling as their director, replacing his father, Jody Hamilton. The pair would book the shows together until the company gave both of them their walking papers. All right, you want to add something to November 9th? Uh, yeah, as I'm going through your uh, list, I noticed that you missed that 23 years ago in the lovely uh, Bell Center in Montreal, the infamous Montreal screw job happened. And oh, yeah, I missed that. That way, you had Mankind against uh, Kane. 
and all the other uh, events, but it culminated with the screw job. And whether or not you believe that it was a work or legit, it still happened 23 years ago on November 9th. And it will always be debated whether or not uh, it was real or not. Here's my take on that. I think that perhaps <clears throat> that if it wasn't planned and all this other stuff, that perhaps Bret Hart, he, again, they're performers, so he did have his, you know, spaz out, but he, like, it was perfect. He did the WCW in the air. So if it wasn't for that, whatever you want to call it, quick thinking or just it, it worked so well. Um, I, I, and it's it's one of the, the of course, best storylines, I think, uh, of all time that's happened as far as blending reality with um, uh, wrestling. I know myself. I always uh, contend that it was a work. Because if you read any, uh, if you read Bret Hart's book, he does mention the fact that he always loved to work the uh, boys in the back uh, with different things that he would end up doing. Um, and, you know, in reality, that uh, Wrestling with Shadows documentary, what would it have been without the screw job? And <clears throat> WD said that WCW would not know what to do with a Bret Hart if they ever got him. Did uh, Vince McMahon need to let him go? I believe he did because of financial reasons. But he uh, did his best to get Brett a good deal and save him as opposed to everybody else because of the respect that they have. And he that whole storyline, the less amount of people know, the better it off it is. And he was handed over to WCW on a silver platter with a built-in storyline and it was not used by WCW, proving WWE right that they wouldn't know what to do with a Bret Hart if they got him. And they even had a storyline given to them to launch his career and still found a way to mess it all up. And but unfortunately, the NWO was still uh, um, holding the whole fort down. So, yeah. And it's the greatest uh, work in history. Because 23 years later, we're still talking about it and debating it. But you see Brett's uh, interviews afterwards. There were some things not aligning. Magically, uh, him and uh, Vince would talk uh, when Owen died, when he had his heart attack and all this, and came back January 4th and shook hands with Sean. Just too many things, uh, for my own uh, opinion, that say it's a work. Carrying but either on with, way, it, it's fantastic. Yep, carrying on with November 10th. All right, well, after I missed one of the biggest uh, storylines there, I uh, I really um, apologize for that. Um, I'll do better in researching next time. <laughs> How I missed that, I don't well, know. I must have just, just gone right by it. <laughs> eh, it happens. I know. I'm just, I'm just, you know, bullshitting y'all right now. Okay, so November 10th, 27 years ago, WCW presented Clash of the Champions 25. Rick Rude and Road Warrior Hawk went to a double countout in a WCW International World Heavyweight Championship match. That must have been freaking a horrible match because Rick Rude's great, but Warrior Hawk against Rick Rude, who 
Uh, the Shockmaster, though, did defeat the Equalizer, so that was a good thing in the uh, in the in the night. Steve Austin defeated Flying Brian. Ric Flair defeated Big Van Vader by DQ in a WCW World Heavyweight Championship match. <clears throat> and there goes my voice. 23 years ago today on Nitro from Memphis, Eddie Guerrero defeated Rey Mysterio Jr. to win the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. 11 years ago today, James Gibson announces his retirement from wrestling after a 14-year career, a.k.a. Jamie Noble. Severely flapped his back in a match with Sheamus, combined with multiple nagging injuries over his career, led to his decision to retire. Gibson is best known as the man who defeated CM Punk for the ROH World Championship in 2005 as Punk was heading to the WWE, as well as one half of J&J Security in WWE. Nine years ago today, the WWE Network logo was revealed. This logo would be adopted as the company's logo, making the Scribbly logo history. November 11th. To those that served in the military, past or present, thanks. Now, 55 years ago today in Denver, Colorado, Mad Dog Vashon defeated the Crusher to win the AWA World Heavyweight Championship. 33 years ago today, WWF taped the 13th edition of Saturday Night's main event. George Steele defeated Danny Davis by DQ. Randy Savage defeated Bret Hart. Oh, I know Danny Davis. Oh, you know, though, I, I must say, I, I, I kind of, I, I thought his ring gear was hilarious. And King Kong Bundy defeated Hulk Hogan by countout in a WWE championship match. 13 years ago today, TNA presented Genesis. The show featured the TNA debut of Booker T, who was coming off his recent WWE release. Uh, Abyss defeated Black Rain in a Shop of Horrors match. Samoa Joe defeated Robert Roode. Taz defeated Christian Cage in a ladder match. And Kurt Angle and Kevin Nash pff, defeated Sting and Booker T. <laughs> but that wasn't that great of a match. Ugh. 11 years ago today, Ric Flair got married for a fourth time, divorced about two and a half years later, then hooked up with Fifi. Woo! Flair for the gold. 17 years ago today, Lex Luger wrestles for the first time since being arrested on possession of steroids following a police search of his house after Miss Elizabeth died in his home back in May. He would wrestle at a TNA with Jeff Jarrett versus Styles and Stink. Today would have been the 41st birthday of Tough Enough third winner Matthew Lee Caputi, or Capotelli, or simply Matt Capotelli, we'll just call him Matt, was involved Capitelli. in one of the more controversial moments that season when he was on the business end of a step beating at the hands of Bob Hardcore Holly during a practice bout. And it's a happy 65th birthday. <clears throat> For television personality, comedian, actress, and entrepreneur Rhonda Honey Shear, best known as the hostess of the 80s and 90s B-movie series USA Up All Night. Oh, I was up all night watching those. She was the guest timekeeper at WrestleMania 10. These days, she's a designer and entrepreneur selling her own line of intimate products, most notably the best-selling Ah Bra. And finally... It's a happy 83rd birthday 
for famed boxing referee, judge, and television personality, Mills B. Lane III. You'd remember him as the voice uh, for MTV Celebrity Deathmatch and as well as Judge Mills Lane. Uh, he had a Raw is War appearance in 98. In 2013, Lane was inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Sadly, Lane suffered a debilitating stroke in March 2002, which left him partially paralyzed and virtually unable to speak. And that is your wrestling history for this week. There you go. Thank you again for uh, that trip down memory lane. Um, a lot of uh, different events uh, throughout the years to look back on. Some good, some bad. Uh, especially when you come to some of those uh, lovely pay-per-views that happened over the years. Uh, some are hit and miss. But, yes, thank I you. Again I, I skip a lot of TNA pay-per-views. I just I read them and I'm like, yeah. Eh. Understandable. The wrestling, the wrestling is fine in them, I think. A lot of the wrestling is fine, but the storylines, who gives you shit? <laughs> yep. So that concludes another episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast, episode number 128. Whether you're joining us uh, tonight on tw uh, Twitch, YouTube, or Facebook, we thank you. And if you're joining us uh, later on on our audio versions, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else you get your podcasts from. Once again, thank you. Uh, I'm going to end with the commercial again uh, for the t-shirts and poster combo. It is uh, Christmas season coming up. Uh, support Stevens Wrestling Journey, Sickets Hospital, Carry Malformation. Contact me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com to find out how you can get them. I will even personally drop them off depending on how far away you are. And, uh, Jeff, we're going to just uh, make sure that uh, research is uh, funded and help out. And you get an awesome shirt featuring 22 stars of the independent wrestling scene, including the Pillars, uh, the Smash Wrestling uh, champion, Kevin Bennett, the tag team champions, Halal Beefcake, Two uh, Buffalo brothers as well in Blackwood and Garcia, who you recently saw on AEW. You got the King of the North, Carter Mason, Jody Threat, the Wild Child, Casey Spinelli, graduates of the Tyson Dukes Wrestling School, including Jim Strider, uh, Violet Lee, Alec Realm, Jordan James, Kyle Boone, Shiloh. I know I'm missing a couple others on that list. So I'm just uh, going off the top of my head. Uh, so, yeah, just support, get an awesome shirt, get a great poster, and uh, you won't regret it. So until next week, have a great one. Hey, wrestling fans, it's Sean from Scumbags Wrestling. It might not look like Christmas right now, but it is around the corner, and you won't want to miss out on this amazing deal. It's part of Sick Kids Hospital on behalf of Steve's Wrestling Journey. Right now, if you contact me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com, you'll get this amazing t-shirt designed by Nigel Lewis for just $30. And because it's Christmas, I'm going to throw in this stocking stuffer of a poster, 11 by 17, for free. Now you can still get this poster for $15, but you can get the whole combo for $30 right now until December 15th. Contact me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com and support kids 
Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto and Stevens Wrestling Journey. <laughs>